0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson. I'm the other half, Austin Smith. And we're coming to you today to break down the upcoming matchup with the Missouri Tigers. A rescheduled game from earlier in the year. Glad we're making it up. Um, These last two games, of course, going to be makeups with the unfortunate postponement of last Saturday's game with Vanderbilt. We'll now play them next Saturday. Um... It is nice to see Georgia and the SEC trying to get these games in. Um, It'll be nice to get to watch the Dogs two more times on the field against SEC opponents. Um, No, we still got a bowl game coming up, too. But um, I was just really scared that COVID was going to lead to some cancellations. And as of right now, it looks like we're going to play all the games we were scheduled to play in the preseason.
1: Yeah, you got to love the job that the SEC has done in making sure that the heavy bulk of all the games that have been postponed, they're doing their best to make them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the SEC, I think, has done a really good job handling the COVID situation. I think they have good protocols in place, uh, and they've been able to uh, – I feel like they've had the most flexibility uh, in the way they've handled the season. Um, I think this will be really good for Georgia, just not, just not even from a fan's perspective, but in carrying over into next year, allowing them mm-hmm. to get some continuity on offense, and then – I think we touched on it last week, but it's worth it to uh, touch on it again. The senior class has the chance to be the winningest class in uh, Georgia history if they win these next three games. So, And I'm sure that's something that they care about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the conferences around the country, um, obviously the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12, They obviously, um, when they announced that they were going to be playing after postponing the season, which, to their credit, they had to do do the scheduling the the specific way they did to make sure that they got done with enough games in time for the college football playoff. But there wasn't any built-in off weeks. It was six straight weeks and when it comes to the Pac-12, when it comes to um, their schedule, and eight weeks, I think, for the Big Ten in a row for them to try to fit a season in and with the way that covid was affecting the entire country it was really unlikely that you were going to go 8 straight weeks without a cancellation without something coming up that was going to cause you to have to miss a game and it's i mean it's been an it's extremely evident in the Pac 12 and the Big 10 cancellations every single week games that can't be made up and to the SEC's credit like you said they've done a phenomenal job building in this this bye week um, December 12th was the built-in date on the schedule that if any COVID cancellations or postponements happened, they would be made up to, on this, this coming Saturday. They've also done a good job these last few weeks in reshuffling the schedule to allow for some postponed games earlier in the season to be made up, as well as opening up December the 19th, the day of the title game. Um, as long as you're not Florida or Alabama, of course, playing in the SEC championship game, giving you another Saturday that you can still make up the games that have been postponed. So a ton of credit to the SEC for allowing the flexibility when it comes to their schedule to get these last three games in. And like you said, these last three games are huge. Um, The winningest class in Georgia football history, as well as the the growing continuity of an offense, Um, continuing to grow JT Daniels, continuing to develop. um, The young receivers that we continue touching on, offensive line um, it's big for Georgia going into next year, which I really feel like will be a bounce back year for the dogs. I know we've got a chance to finish the season at nine and two. I mean that's a killer season everywhere in the country, but we've got higher aspirations than that. We want to be playing for championships. We want to be playing in Atlanta, um, and I do feel like Georgia will have the squad next year that can get us back to that level.
1: Well, yeah, I mean a couple of things. Uh, I'll start at the end there. Yeah, nine and two is a disappointment. There, if we were fine with. the with that then why did we fire mark rick Mm -hmm. we could have got that same exact season there kirby's supposed to be taking us to that next level Mm -hmm. we we could have went nine and two with anybody this year so Mm -hmm. yeah the 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 standard was higher than that Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to the other conferences i think what the sec did best was they started earlier and Mm -hmm. there it's not as if there wasn't any foresight that the late fall and the winter were going to be worse when it came to COVID. Everyone knew that as it got colder that this thing was going to flare up again. And the delay really didn't serve any purpose for these conferences. It only allowed things to get worse right when their season was starting. It seems like Utah has only played one game. Yeah, (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these Pac-12 teams have played one or two games. And so the earlier start date was the best thing that the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 did. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what set them apart from these other two.
0: Especially if they wanted to give their conferences a realistic chance of having a representative in for the college football playoff. I mean, like you said, the Pac-12 has virtually played no games. I think USC yeah. played their third game on yesterday. I mean – Oregon and,
1: could have went 7-0. and Yeah. And played all of their games, and it was still would have been tough. Because the Pac-12 just has this burden of proof – that they had to overcome in seven games wasn't going to be enough for that.
0: Yeah, even before Oregon lost to Oregon State, I mean they were two and zero. But in the initial rankings and in the CFP rankings, they were they were only ranked like seventeenth. Yeah. I mean they were giving them no credit. I mean there was no way, even if Oregon ran the table, that they were ever going to jump teams by enough to get into the playoff. I mean, you're and you're like the same on the same hand. You're seeing Ohio State, who a team everyone in the freaking country thought would be competing for a national championship this year. And I mean, they still are, but like there's still some doubt that they could get in because Michigan, they don't know if they're going to play their game on Saturday because of the issues at Michigan. Ohio State has to play on Saturday in order to be eligible for their conference championship according to their um, the Big Ten's rules. I mean, I know there, there's talks that they could stretch the rules and allow Ohio State to go. But I mean if you're still if you're sticking by the law and like what they're, they stated in the preseason, Ohio State might not be a conference champ. They could miss out because of the cancellations and the late start that forced them to try to go so quickly when everyone knew that COVID was still going to be a thing. So I'm with yeah. you. The yeah. SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 did exactly the right thing starting the season when they did. I mean,
1: yeah, and there's – I mean, one last thing on this, then we'll get to Georgia, but – the this whole year in sports has come down to flexibility of the leagues, mm-hmm. and you know the most flexible leagues have been the most successful. And you've really, just these three conferences, like we said, did a really good job. But I think it's been an overall failure by the by the college uh, by the NCAA to not <laughs> extend the season, like to be so hard set on the games being played in early January. If they would have pushed those back a little bit, mm-hmm. I know it interfered with like with the basketball season. But you got to think that it would have made it easier on these other conferences and it would have just made it feel more legit. People like Ohio State wouldn't have wouldn't be in this whole situation. Teams wouldn't be like being considered with only seven games. Mm. We'd have had much longer seasons, more time to uh, schedule those bye weeks. you know you could have probably done like three games, one game off, three games, one game off, like just something like mm. that, and they just weren't really flexible with it. So mm. ultimately that was kind of I feel like a failure of the playoff in the community.
0: Yeah, I agree. But, but like you said, getting back to the Georgia topic, obviously this Saturday um, we've got Missouri. Missouri, um, they started off the season kind of slow, but obviously they've been playing fairly well in these last few weeks. Um, they've won three games in a row.
1: Yeah, they're 4-1 in their yeah. last five.
0: Um, beat South Carolina 17-10 to 10 when South Carolina actually was fielding a team. They didn't have all the opt-outs and injuries and COVID issues they've been dealing with
1: yeah blew out vandy
0: vanderbilt 41 to 0 and then last saturday's shootout against arkansas 50 to 48 um so definitely the last two games really stick out on paper um especially the vanderbilt game of course we all know vanderbilt has no offense but a shutout's impressive
1: yeah and there's no shame like you know we're saying four and one in their last five there's no shame in that loss being to florida Mm -hmm. i mean we had that same loss and looked
0: competitive and yeah. a decent bit of it. And so, I mean, the last two, they've scored over 40 points, 50 last week. So their offense is really scoring. And I think they're catching us at a, a time when we're not playing as great of a defense as we played earlier in the season. Um, there's rumors going around that Richard LeCount might be maybe coming back this week. Um, he's going to be practicing in a non contact jersey. And as of recording, um, nothing's been said on if he can play or not. So, obviously, if he plays, that's huge. But, I mean, you have to be at least a little nervous with the way that Missouri's playing on offense. They have a great running back and Larry Roundtree. You feel like he's been there forever. Um, Their quarterback's starting to come around. Has played pretty well these last few weeks. So, we may be in for a a tough game, especially with it being noon. We all know how Georgia plays at noon.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so Richard LeCount coming back, that would be a big help. And then, obviously, if Jordan Davis um, came back this week, there's rumors that he'll – He'll be making a return this week, and that'll really help against what you what you mentioned is a, like a really good rushing attack. Roundtree mm. averages about five yards to carry, has 11 touchdowns on the year. So he's an absolute stud. They got some other guys who they give the ball to are averaging uh, quite a bit. And their quarterback, freshman guy, they didn't get the, uh, to play the guy that they had inten- uh, planned on at the beginning of the year. He's really come on strong these last few games. They mm. haven't, kind of like us, they haven't played the best competition as of late. Uh, they haven't beat a single team with a winning record. But, you know, in our last two games when our offense has been gelling, <laughs> like the, those two teams have a combined 4-14 four and 14 record. So we mm-hmm. kind of can say the same thing about our team the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So it'll be interesting for JT to possibly get his first win against a team with a winning record. And on their end, they're trying to beat their first team with a winning record. Yeah.
0: Um. I foresee this game on Saturday going kind of like the game in 2017 did. Uh, Missouri came to Athens. We were undefeated at the time, playing really well. Obviously, we were top three, top two in the country. Um, they had us 21-21 to 21 midway through the second quarter. We scored, they scored. We scored, they scored. I mean, we had an amazing defense that year too, but we couldn't stop them because of their way they attacked. I sp- yeah, Drew Locke went off. Yeah. I can definitely see... Um, the game on Saturday starting like that for a majority. It always seems like Mizzou is one of those teams that have has, ever since they've joined the SEC, the game against Missouri has always kind of been weird. Yeah. Of course, we had the the famous 2015 9-6 in Sanford Stadium. I mean, that was one of the things that, kind of, one of the downfalls of Mark Richt. It was kind of one of the final nails in the coffin. Um, 2017, like I stated. 2018, another noon game in Missouri. I mean, it was a fourth quarter game. So, I mean, Missouri is always one of those teams that give us a tough time. So, I, I don't foresee this coming Saturday being any different, although I do see us winning the game. I do think it's going to be weird. I think they're going to hang around. They're going to make some plays and frustrate us. It, it's just never a game that I feel comfortable with, no matter the type of team we have.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, our defense the last few weeks – has struggled, and that's even with it being against freshman quarterbacks like uh, Basilek is. And I think this is the best running back that we've played in probably four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll definitely be a struggle. I'm hoping that uh, Jordan Davis coming back will be able to shut down the run. Uh, they'll have to turn to a freshman QB, and hopefully with uh, LeCount being back that we can maybe take advantage of uh, some different coverages and perhaps trick him into a mistake or two.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do agree. I think if LeCount is able to play in this game, <clears throat> I think it does provide us just with that key key component that we've been missing in the secondary since his injury, um, the day of the Kentucky game. I think he provides us just with just such a stability back there. He, he you know he's going to be in the right place. Um, he he's a sound even as much as we hate he he's a sound hitter. I mean he plays really well in coverage.
1: He's incredible in coverage. <clears throat> his tackling abilities. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just well, he, get, he hits hard. He, he hits hard, but with his shoulder. <laughs> he's,
0: he, he's his arms are not the way he in. comes in. <laughs> but I do think he would add a component to our secondary we've been missing. I think having him in the secondary allows us to put our corners on more of an island because they know that they've got help when he's back there. They know that he's going to make a play on the ball. He has really good ball skills. Agreed. Yeah,
1: he still leads the team in interceptions, even being out after yeah. all this time. So, three. So.
0: It's, it would be really big to hit, get him and Jordan Davis back because our defense has not been the same since losing those two.
1: Yeah, and so we, we talked about it uh, just briefly. These last few games, we really don't have way too much to play for. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is always dangerous, and especially when you're playing on the road at a noon game. But hopefully the offense comes out with, you know, the desire to just get some more chemistry and just get some more continuity going cuz this will be their first real test with JT mm-hmm. at the helm I agree. and you know he's put up some stellar numbers so far he's averaging over 10 yards uh, per attempt he's got a 6 to 1 uh, touchdown to interception ratio he's completing 70% of his passes but that was against a South Carolina team that had lost their top two Mm -hmm. a Mississippi State team that didn't even meet the requirements for a 53-man roster. So this is a chance for him to prove himself. And then, you know, George has come on strong, and it would just be nice to see them create a little bit of continuity. Yeah.
0: I do think um, the way I see our game plan coming into Saturday, I think it's going to be really similar to the style that we tried to play against South Carolina. Um, Looking at Arkansas just from last week, Arkansas ran for 292 on 50 carries, averaged 5.8. Um, Arkansas is not as good at running the football as Georgia is. Their offensive line isn't as stout. Their running backs aren't as good. If, I think we can have some similar numbers against them on Saturday. I think Kirby's going to see the success that they had and really try to exploit them on the ground. But if you look at Arkansas as well, they threw for 275 and three touchdowns. I, I see us as having a similar similar success against Missouri as Arkansas had on Saturday. Um, we're going to try to run the ball, establish the line of scrimmage early, show them that we can run the ball and we are willing to run the ball every single play if need be, and then, of course, hit JT on some play-action passes down the field Um, is the way I see us trying to attack. I really think we try to strike early. I think we try to get up on them like we did South Carolina, but I do think Missouri's offense will be able to keep them in the game. Basilek at quarterback, round tree at running back, um and they have some good receivers outside that I think could help hurt us with on defense. So like I said, I do think it's going to be a back and forth game for at least the first half. I do think we'll pull away in the end and win, but it's definitely a game that we need to be up for. It's a, it's a noon start, so we can't come in there asleep. I mean, kind yeah. of did against Kentucky and they almost it was wasn't a pretty game against Kentucky, so we need to be up for this one.
1: I would agree. I th- I think this game will be you know, probably a, a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter with us hopefully, you know, kind of taking a, a late lead there and covering the 13-and-a-half-point spread. You know, it's interesting. We match up with them in a lot of areas. So on the year, we've committed 48 penalties. They've committed 46. We're negative two in the turnover margin. They're negative three. So it's, when it comes to discipline, we kind of match up well with them. Like you said, we have been trying to pound the ball as of late, and I think our offensive line's performance in the Mississippi State game mm-hmm. was a lot of the reason for our performance against South Carolina. Hopefully they continue that. Zamir's been running better as of late. Kendall Milton will probably be making the return this year, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll see some Kendall Milton carries. Uh, I think he brings an interesting dynamic. Cause it seems like is more of the power guy, and yes. uh, Kenny is more of the elusive guy. And then you've just got Kendall, who honestly seems like he has both.
0: So. Yeah, I definitely. Um, Kendall's the future. I think he's the feature back. I think uh, obviously Kenny is going to get a lot of carries, but I see him, I see him in the Sony Michelle role, and I see Kendall Milton sliding into what we had with Nick Chubb. I think he's going to be the feature guy. He's going to get. He's going to be the guy that gets all the acclaim and the attention. Um, but obviously, you're going to have. I think we're going to have Kenny in the background. Um, But, yeah, I do think we're going to pound the rock on Saturday. We're going to try to run the ball, establish the run early. I think we're going to have success with it. Maybe not as much as we did against South Carolina um, because, I mean, like we saw against them, I mean, we had guys running nine yards down the field before anybody was three yards close to them. So I do think it will be a little bit tougher going than that, but I think we're going to wear them down, make some big plays in the run game late, which is what I think will ultimately lead us to pulling away. So, What do you think the – Key
1: to us, when, like if you had to put one single metric, what do you think? If this happens, we win the game.
0: Two turnovers for Missouri. I think we're going to take the ball away. I think um, if we force them into two turnovers, I think we're going to play sounds. I think we're going to try to play just mistake free. I don't think we're going to try to take too many chances just because I feel like we're going to be able to run the ball. So we're not going to have to force too much. I think Missouri knows that they're the underdog, so I think that they will try to force some throws. Um, I'm going to say if Richard account plays, he gets an interception. I think he makes a big play. Um, and I think we force a fumble, maybe a strip sack. We, we, our pass rush has really been getting home these last few weeks. So um, freshman quarterback might not have the best ball security, pocket awareness. So i say a strip sack, and interception. I think the two turnovers is what ultimately does it. One of those probably coming late. And-
1: yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to say that if they get under 200 yards rushing – because they're definitely a rushing team. That's yeah. definitely their priority. If we keep them under 200 yards rushing, I just don't see how they end up beating us. Uh, it would be shameful if they get less than 200 and then a freshman quarterback beats this Georgia yeah. defense.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty – Because it's
1: one thing for Florida and one thing for Bama to dice you up. Yeah. But if we hold them under that rushing and he comes in and does that, that's just that's a whole new low.
0: I mean, we have two corners in Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes that are both getting mopped in the first round. I'm pretty confident with leaving those two on an island, loading the box, and saying, "All right, go at it." Especially if we get Richard the count back. Yeah. If we get Richard the count back, I'm perfectly fine with putting seven, eight men in the box, and putting Stokes and Campbell out there on the island and just letting them go to work. So, with, I agree. So, with that being said, I mean, how do you foresee the game going on Saturday? I know we kind of touched on it already, but what do you what What's the pick do you think?
1: So we're favored by thirteen and a half. Like I said, I can see us going in for just a little. Uh, backdoor cover right there at the end. Uh, I do think it'll be close for most of the contest. Overall, uh even if even if Missouri loses, they have to just look at this year as a success. Yeah. They were projected to be one of the worst teams uh, yeah. in the conference. Uh Drinkwick's came in and he turned them around fast and like I said he didn't even have they didn't have the quarterback they expected that they mm-hmm. were going to. So uh, I do think that we cover, and they. I don't think that they're going to end up getting that win that they need against a team with a winning record. But even so, they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the uh, in the SEC this year, so they have to be yeah. satisfied with their season.
0: Yeah, I would. I agree with you on the same lines. I think Missouri is a team going in the right direction with Eli Drinkowicz. Um, he's had a really pretty good year for what they were expected to do. Um, freshman quarterback, so you know there's going to be growing pains. But he's played pretty well to be a freshman. Um, yeah, probably just gonna, two picks on the year. Probably going to be a pretty good force again in the SEC East in the coming years as they were for a few years there when they first joined the conference. So, um, But I agree. I think a backdoor cover is pretty likely. I'm with you. It's going to be, like I said, it's going to be tight. It's going to go back and forth. They score, we score, they score, we score. Um, but I do think we're going to get that interception or that fumble late in the game. Like I said, that, that kind of seals it. We score maybe two or three minutes left in the game to cover the, 14, the 13 and a half. Um, keep going on towards what is a still We have a, still have a shot at a New Year's Six. Um, probably most likely scenario, the Peach Bowl, right here in our backyard in Atlanta. Probably against Cincinnati, if everything holds up. Um, I know Cincinnati is a team that uh, a lot of people say would be even with us on a neutral field, maybe even... Probably could beat us. They said that about BYU too, and BYU lost to Coastal. So I don't, I never really put much stock into that. But Who hopefully knows we
1: could have lost to Coastal.
0: Hopefully we keep on winning because I'd love to see us play in the New Year Six and still show that we're a good team. Yeah, New Year Six is really, really good momentum into next year. So
1: and I'm hoping this chance to become the winningest class for this mm-hmm. group of seniors. You know that'll motivate them but surely it'll motivate their teammates to go out there and get that for them as well. So that gives them something to play for. All three of these games have – like they have to win all three of these for that to happen.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you you honestly have to really think that that is because, I mean, look around the SEC. I mean, players are opting out left and right. Tennessee had a guy opt out today. Auburn had one of their starting DBs that opted out a few weeks ago. I mean, you haven't heard about that at Georgia. No one's opted out of the season for us. I mean – Everyone's still committed to the season. Even though we can't go to Atlanta, everyone's still committed to playing the games, playing Missouri, playing Vanderbilt, and finishing out the year strong. So you know that they're really motivated to finish the year strong, get to that New Year's Six, become the winningest class, and still call this a successful season.
1: Yeah, I agree. So uh, like we said, we think Georgia's going to cover this week. Uh, Getting to our picks from last week, uh, things kind of returned to their order this week with Ty going uh, negative on the week and me going back positive, uh, so it was nice to see a return to normalcy in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, so overall on the year, uh, Ty is 20 and 26, and I am 22 and 24. Uh, we actually are just getting news as we're recording that the Texas A&M game is getting postponed, so we're gonna mark that one off. But so we got UGA, Missouri. We both think they'll cover. The next game is the Bama and Arkansas game. Bama's favored by 31. Historically, it seems like this year they've covered all of these big spreads. What are your thoughts on that? Street continues? Yeah,
0: the street continues. Alabama is a freight train, especially against these teams that we know aren't to their level. Twenty, I think 31 is – I mean, I think it's easy. The way they're scoring points, it's – watching that LSU game last week, which I know LSU isn't good, but <laughs> – Devontae Smith is just incredible. The fact that the way they get him open, the way he can just beat people and make just incredible catches, that one-hander in the end zone, did you see that? Yeah, I mean, that was ridiculous. The fact, and it makes me so sad to think that at one time he was a Georgia commit. So the fact that we let him go is.
1: Well, hey, we got some great receivers. Yeah. So, it's more thankful yeah. that he scored the winning touchdown against us in the national championship.
0: But, yeah, I, do, uh, I see Alabama continuing and just covering that.
1: I want to say, you know, it's it's never wise to pick against them this year. The few times I've done it, it, seemed, it just hasn't come to fruition for me. But 31 points is a lot of points against a good Arkansas team. I know they no longer have their top back, but they can still put up points. They still have it. I want to say they have a good defense after they let Missouri score 50. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just – I have a gut feeling, you know, Bama wins by four touchdowns, and but they don't cover the spread on that. So, uh so I'm going to say uh, they don't cover on that. Next game is Tennessee at Vandy. That seems like an easy uh, – they're favored by 14. That seems like an easy cover for me.
0: I'm going to say no. Vanderbilt always plays up for Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't been playing really well lately. You have a
1: bias, too, though. Yeah. You, hate, you hate Tennessee in an inordinate amount.
0: Yeah, So, but I am going to say Vanderbilt covers. Sarah, I think Sarah Fuller gets her first field goal, too, by the way. <laughs> I think she's going to score. Hey,
1: that'd be something, and, I, don't know, I mean, Harrison Bailey looked promising in that game against Florida. They were competitive for a good bit of that game. He definitely looked better than Guantanamo. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think they they might have a pretty good, I mean, pretty good game, and I would say they easily cover that fourteen point spread. Uh, next, we got LSU at Florida. Uh, Florida's favored by twenty four. Florida uh, coming on what I was just uh, referring to uh, that game against Tennessee that was initially close, but they ended up closing it out pretty good, but they still didn't they didn't cover their spread last week.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm a, same thing with the Bama game. Florida's a freight train right now, scoring at will. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask. So yeah, I think uh Florida covers.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say they cover two, just like you said, that offense cannot be stopped, you know, going through the game tape on that this morning and it's just Kyle Trask is such an accurate quarterback. They have so many weapons. Like, you know, you talk on Kyle Pitts, and then you got Tony right there, who's just so fast. And Kyle Trask is just. I don't know. There's definitely guys who have been more accurate over the past few years, but I can't remember a Florida quarterback ever being this good. No. Oh, this good at throwing. Tim Tebow yeah. is one of the best quarterbacks ever, but just this accurate, this much command of their offense. And it's like him and Mac Jones. I feel like are going to be two of the finalists uh, oh, for 100%. this year for a Heisman. And I think one of them are going to be the guys who bring the award home this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just don't think they can be stopped. I want to say that they end up covering. Uh, next, we got Auburn at Mississippi State. Uh, Auburn is favored by seven. What you
0: thinking? I think Auburn. I think Auburn played pretty well against A and M. Um, was in the game till late when A M scored late to go up by eleven. I think. Um, So, yeah, I think Auburn will beat Mississippi State and cover the seven-point spread.
1: Yeah, I think Auburn's just been playing some good football here lately. Can't say the same for State. Uh, I had kind of sold all my Auburn stock earlier in the year, and Mm -hmm. I've been picking up against them a lot, but they've been making me pay. So uh, I'm a quick learner or maybe not as quick as I would have hoped. Uh, like I said, I got off the uh, the train of them earlier in the year, but I'm getting back on. I want to say they covered the seven-point spread, and I think they might do it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game we had was Ole Miss at A&M, but like we said, that one was postponed. Uh, for the record, I was going to have them cover uh, their 16-point spread.
0: And I also had them covering. So,
1: But uh, that wraps up the SEC games for the week. All right. Um, any last thoughts on anything as far as the game goes?
0: No. Like we said, it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad we're making it up. And can't wait to see the dogs in the field one more time. Uh, next week has a chance of being a, a big pod for us. Uh, obviously, we're coming up pretty pretty quickly on early signing day. I think early signing day will actually fall on the day of the SEC championship. So... Um, have some big big episodes coming up in the next few weeks Uh, but that is going to do it for episode 12 Uh, as always go dogs
1: go dogs